welcome to YBFD Podcast, sponsored and brought to you by Ohio Hates Cancer. Hi guys, welcome to your Breast Friend Diaries Podcast. This is your girl, Erica, aka your pink sis. I am super excited to have a guest today. Uh, Tina Conrad, aka DJ Breast Cancer. Can't wait to get with her and hear her story. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm excited. Oh my gosh, me too. This is such an honor. I, yes, I'm very honored to have you in my podcast. This is super exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, us podcasters got to stick together. Of course, of course we do. And especially when I have you, which is the podcaster, (laughs) the (laughs) DJ Bresky, sir. <laughs> I am super stoked. I'm super excited to hear your story and um, talk to you a little bit about, you know, the joys survivors of sh- survivorship and the challenges and so on. Yes. Yeah. So starting off, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm doing really good. Good. It's been a, it's a good Monday, even though it's kind of like rainy where I'm at. Oh, I'm in Florida, so I'm probably at least seeing the sun, and it's it feels good. So oh, I'm, in, yeah. I'm in vacation mode. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Recharging, huh? Yes, exactly. That sounds wonderful. So tell me, twenty twenty has been quite the year, as you know. Yes, it has. It's been so many like craziness and up and downs that yes, recharging is like the best right now. I'm jealous. <laughs> Enjoy it. Soak it all that sun up. I will send you us. some sunshine for sure. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about you, about your story, your journey. How did this all begin? Oh, yeah. So it was, I usually actually start my journey with my mom's journey. Um, so my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2001, and then she had a recurrence in um, 2004. So almost three years later, same breast. Um, and at that point, you know, a lot had even changed from 2001 to 2004. So they knew then that sure. she was triple negative. Um, you know, they recommended a different chemo. And at that point, she had a double mastectomy. So she kind of went a different path, you know, um, after that point. And she was 46 when she first had it and then 49 when it came back. But thankfully, mm-hmm. she's been good, you know, since 2003. Oh, um, wow. So, Amazing. Yes, that's... yes. And for triple negative, obviously, that's, you know, it's a huge yes, victory. So, it is. So her journey, obviously, um, made me just much more aware. At that point, um, you know, I did consider getting like a BRCA test, but you know, it wasn't really widely talked about. And, um, you know, they even told me just because, you know, if you have the gene, you know, then you're probably likely obviously to get cancer somewhere in your, in your life. But if you're not, you know, you still could get cancer. So 
weighing all that together, I just thought, you know, I'm going to just be vigilant and like be on top of, you know, my screenings and everything. So at the age of 30, I, you know, had started like my baseline screenings and I did have uh, dense breasts. So like, you know, obviously it makes it more challenging. Um, And then I think I had one again when I was 33 and then I noticed a change in my breast when I was 37 and um, the, mm. the, nip, the nipple had like sunken in and I was like, well, this isn't, this isn't really normal, but I don't know. In my mind, I just thought it was for some reason, I don't know. I think your mind does crazy things to justify things, but sure, it just said like, oh, you know, I thought maybe I'm getting old or, you know, I, this is just, you know, a change. Well, you know, obviously it didn't go away. And then there was like a health scare with someone at work and it wasn't, you know, breast related, but it just kind of made me more aware and conscious of my body. And so I went and, you know, made a, made a call to my OBGYN and got, you know, a a mammogram. And then I got a call back from that mammogram. And I just had that sinking feeling like something wasn't right. Sure. And then that, you know, led to an ultrasound and then, you know, uh, Mm. Um, you know, biopsy and ultimately, obviously, you know, a, a diagnosis at the age of 37 that, you know, I had, I had breast cancer and um, you know, it, it was obviously very scary, very challenging, but sure. it, it was, uh, I had a different experience probably than many because my mom had been through it and, you know, I had been there every step of the way for her cancers and, yeah. you know, she was there every step of the way, you know, for mine. So I, I always just felt like if I if I can give other people this light and this hope and this support, you know, that I received, you know, I just really want to pay it forward. So that was kind of my journey. And and my experience was really just taking that light and that grace and that grit that I saw from my mom and trying to, you know, share it with the world um, around me. Awesome. And is that how you came up with um, becoming uh, yes. DJ breast cancer. Is that how this all started? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you can kind of see. So um, I felt like I had a unique experience, you know, being the daughter sure. of a two-time survivor. Um, I did, after my diagnosis, I did then do the bracket testing just because I wanted to see, you know, were, were my ovaries, you know, maybe going to need to come out, you know, what kind of was the story there. Um, so I did test negative for, you know, every, every panel that came back, you know, with the bracket test, I actually had uh. it done. I had it done later too, and, and, and nothing, but, um, you know, and our neighbor where we live, where my mom and I, where I grew up and where my mom, you know, lived, um, even our neighbor now had triple negative breast cancer just a few years ago. So you do wonder, you know, environmental factors, you know, there could be sure. genetics that they, that they don't know, but, but yeah, definitely. So I just felt like I had this unique experience um, and I knew that I always had love and support and I just knew there were other women out there that kind of were on this island by themselves sure. and I just wanted to build a bridge and like have them see that they're not alone and that the feelings that they're feeling are normal and, you know, kind of normalize all that mm-hmm. and, and bring them some love and empathy. So that's kind of was the impetus, you know, for the podcast. And then I had a really dear friend um, in my support group. Um, I went through all my treatments um, in a Chicago suburb and one of my dear friends um, ended up getting a recurrence that was metastatic. And then, you know, she ultimately, you know, lost her battle to the disease and it just really rocked my world. Um, And even though, you know, I was living probably my best life and, 
doing what I thought, you know, I needed to do, it really just spurred in me this like action to do more. And, sure. you know, if you have this dream, if you have this goal, which it, at that point was a dream and a goal, then I have to do it, you know? So it really, yeah. it really set me on fire to write some episodes. Um, Cause season one was all my story. And then, you know, to, to really reach out and, and be supportive to other people. So I really, you know, Sandy Clausen, she's in the, in the logo of my logo. Um, so she's with mm-hmm. me. She's kind of like my North star, you know, for, sure. for every single thing I do. So, yeah. And the one that keeps you going. Yes. That's yes. really amazing. And I mean, I've noticed that this happens to a lot of us survivors. You know, we have that one really, really special connection that we make with someone and, um, when we lose them, it's, it's just an unbearable, not only pain, but it's like a, a tremendous desire to just advocate more, to do more, to put your voice out there. And, um, I had a similar experience, um, with, you know, I always looked at, um, Sierra as my um, guide, like I admired her pictures and her courage of sharing her scars and sharing her flat chest. All that motivated me so much to put myself out there and share my story the same way. When she passed, it really put a hole in my heart. And it just made me, it gave me the desire to maybe do more. I want to do more pictures. I want to use my body as a canva to other women so they can see and maybe, you know, be more proactive towards theirs. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And your photos are so beautiful. I do think that thank you. you know, they just share, evoke so much, you know, I know they say a picture is worth a thousand words and, and it really is. It's this all range of emotions from beauty sure. and determination all the way to vulnerability and loss and yes. it's and everything in between. So kudos to you for you know, sharing that and being so open for others to kind of see what that, you know, what that journey is and looks like. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's, it's, it takes a lot of, um, courage Mm -hmm. to do it but um you know it's it's like I said it's part of that uh, building that resilience within us you know and accepting and being able to be helpful to others I think that's what keeps me um really wanting to do that and wanting to do more and the podcast I just want to showcase everybody's stories and because there are so many of us and everybody has such different background such different story different um, types of treatments and things like that and I feel like for people entering the journey it's also amazing for them to um, have a place where they can kind of uh, plug in and hear stories of survivorship. Yeah, I love that. And that's actually what kind of sparked me to start sharing stories too, was 
I had a friend, um, a coworker, um, that was pregnant and going through breast cancer. And oh, wow. It was just, you know, to me, obviously so moving, such a unique circumstance. And, you know, yeah. I just, it wasn't a story that I could ever try to tell because, you know, clearly I'd never walked in those shoes. And I just felt the world needed more variety to your point of like what this yeah. whole experience can be. And, and I feel like a listener out there is going to connect with somebody because, you know, it, and usually Definitely. they can connect with every story in some way, but there's a person out there for you that you're just, you know, going to connect with. And I think that that's what's so important is that they see, you know, that we are all human and there's just such a unique range of experiences. Yeah. And with that, it is important that we all share because of, having that you know differences and there's that one person that will connect with you to a whole extreme is like very important I feel in our community that we keep sharing our stories that we keep doing that our voices need to be heard it's just because you know it might connect with not connect with one person but it might connect with three others in a deeper level Yeah. So um, what do you think some of the challenges were starting the podcast or one of the major challenges of even now being in survivorship for you? Yeah, those are both good questions. Um, Getting started, like I'm not a very technical person. I've grown a lot. (laughs) You know, I think, and it's so much more widely known now, you know, Um, and then, and then I hit, um, you know, I I had a groove. I was like recording at my house when I first started, but then when I started taking on guests, I kind of had to find a different software, different application in order to combine that. So then I worked with like a producer locally. He was truly godsend, like so amazing. Um, but I always did it at his house and then COVID hit and then it's like, oh my, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? You know, I, I took a little break and recorded a few things again, just, you know, myself at home, but I felt like there were stories that still needed to be heard. So, you know, I kind of switched to like zoom calls and and found a way to record them and practice with a friend, you know, so that's awesome. just, Just some of the technical parts of it. Um, you know, I, I did have, you know, the toughest episode I ever did um, was with the daughter of my friend that I lost. Um, mm. there. So her, her daughter's, um, I think now going into her, she's in her third year at Brown University, amazing, smart, oh, wow. you know, beautiful girl. And to have her on my show, it was just, I just wanted to make sure I did it right, you know, and that like her mom was honored the way she needed to be and so it that was a really difficult episode for me but um but really powerful and really I I felt like the world needed to hear it you know I just wanted to bring some human side you know to who this person was and what her legacy is and what she's inspired in me um so it it was really important so those were probably like some of the biggest challenges is like how do you kind of one get through all the technical parts of this at times and then two you know how do you you know you can take a really tough call but I think there's purpose in it and you can and you can bring you know shine some light on it um and then just the whole life after cancer actually 
I have a friend in New York, Jen. Um, we talk about this topic all the time because I think everyone knows, obviously, that the breast cancer journey is tough. You know, the active treatment tough part is so tough. Right. But I think what people don't shine a light on enough or doctors maybe don't understand is, you know, they kind of say, oh, you're, you know, now up to three months or six months seeing me. But there's still <laughs> so much that happens, you know. Yes. You know, like I'm getting Zolodex shots every three months. I'm still, you know, on a um, estrogen suppressant, you know, letrozole. So like, there's so much that still happens and the side effects from some of those things, Yes, um, the mental parts, you know, even COVID, like it triggered so many emotions. Like it was really tough for me to handle at times because it brought back a lot of painful memories of cancer, which sounds kind of crazy. No, it's, I agree, (laughs) but it did. I relate to that so much. And one of the big things was the mask, because to me, it was I had I got so sick during chemo. And a lot of times I had to wear a mask Mm. to go out. So when the whole mask thing hit was for me was like, instant PTSD. I was like, Oh, my God, oh, my God, it's like I'm back in chemotherapy. And yeah, sometimes we don't even notice, but there's so many things that I feel that the mental is um, something that it's not talked about enough. And it's something that yeah. it's so strong and vivid in our lives. Yeah. And I, I definitely try to stress that too, because I've had a lot of friends, not just cancer, but just you know, depression or mental, you know, parts or the anxiety. Sure. You know, I, I think we all can help each other in that regard. And and I'm very, I'm very much a proponent of we need people, um, you know, and you need to talk and you have to be, you know, you have to get your feelings out. It's not good to just obviously suppress them. So sure. whatever anxiety you're facing, like you really do have to find your community and talk. And that could be a therapist, it could be, you know, an online friend, but, you know, there's obviously various ranges of, you know, depression and anxiety, but you, you just can't, you can't try to handle it alone. And for me, my faith has been very important too, in all of that. Um, Of course. And, and just feeling, you know, God's presence walking alongside me, but you know, that it's just, you can't go through this alone and you have right. to find people. And, and it's different now in COVID times and finding those people can look a little bit different. You might have to pivot, but, you know, I still think that the the support is there and, and, you know, you have to, you have to know when to seek it and, and yeah. reach out, reach out for help for sure. And that's the thing. It's um, some people may feel that they can't, or might be ashamed or not know how because you know with the treatment and everything a lot of that mental portion is not brought up it's like oh we're going to be done within a year and you're good from there and then you have your five years of five or ten years of um, AIs and you're good to go you're not going to feel anything. <laughs> That's at least what it was um, portrayed to me by my doctor. So a lot of times, you know, I, I, I also have found 
breasties there like I don't know how to approach that like I am struggling emotionally and I don't know what to do where to go I get um and I'm very very fortunate to have people contact me and ask me about it so that I can direct them to different groups and things like that um but it is I, I feel like even within our community um for some of us they don't want to talk about it and I feel like the more we do and the more we make it more normal yeah you know yeah and I I always have you know and, and again these are tips that have worked for me but I often hear them you know from various various guests but I I encourage people to write and I do sure. think, you know, whether it's journaling, whether it's writing your pre-cancer self uh, a letter, you yeah. can burn that letter. I don't care what you do with it, but somehow just the act of putting your feelings onto paper does release some of that hold on you. Um, I it always, enc I encourage people to exercise, um, you know, whether it's, it can be simple as walking, it can yeah. be yoga, it can be running if that's what, you know, suits you, but some form of exercise is, you know, just getting those endorphins and getting your body moving again, obviously, with, yes. you know, with the instruction of your doctor, because wherever you're at in your journey can vary. And then it's community. And yeah. you know, I've heard so many people say like, my, my regular friends don't get it. And, and I understand. Yeah. And, and I've, I've had really great friends. And I'm not saying that they're you know, good or bad, but they don't, they don't understand everything they don't. to cancer and, and, and nor should they, because, you know, they, they haven't along, been through it. No, they've walked alongside me, but they've not walked in these shoes. So exactly. I think it's really important to surround yourselves, find your tribe, however that looks, um, yeah. whether it's online, whether it's a support group, whether, you know, whatever organization, you know, you like, but it, it could just be DMing with a person that you kind of click with, but it's sure you don't have to spend that energy if you find a person who's also been through cancer and you can just be and not have to explain <laughs> yourself. Exactly. And, and it is, it can really lighten your load. And I've, I've seen that. And, and then just like we're doing here with sharing your stories, yeah. you need to share your story. I do feel, um, I, I've just literally heard and witnessed and seen people lighten their load by sharing their story on my podcast. And it's such a yeah. blessing for me to have that opportunity, you know, to, to be part of that. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing. Um, that that's just, I, I guess I didn't go into podcasting thinking about that blessing, but it just really has kind of happened. And, and it's such a beautiful blessing. It's a huge blessing. And it's, it's, it's a joy. Yes. To be able to do that. I admire you so much. Oh, thank you, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I admire you a lot. And um, I want everybody to know where, you know, they can follow you um, yeah. on your pages and everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm very active on Instagram, as you probably know. So sure. I definitely try to bring, you know, hope to everyone, which to me is help other people every day. I truly try to do that and just kind of inspire and be an optimistic person. But people can find me at DJ Breast Cancer. Um, it's pretty, pretty simple. Um, and then my podcast and, you know, Facebook, everything is pretty much all under DJ Breast Cancer. I think I even have a Twitter account, but I'm not, 
I'm not always tweeting. Not active. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more, I'm more on the gram. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I'm more active on the gram too. All right. So those are the spots that people can follow you. It's pretty simple, pretty easy. DJ Breast Cancer. And it's just such a pleasure to see your posts, your motivations, um, you know, and, and enthusiasm to help others is just truly amazing to me. Well, thank you, Erica. I appreciate you having me on your show so much. We'll have to, you'll have to come and be on mine and we'll, we'll definitely a favor. <laughs> of course, of course. So that's where we can um, follow you and you guys can, of course, follow me at um on the gram <laughs> at your breast friend diaries um podcast and then of course i'm erica aka your pink sis i want to thank you for uh joining today and we're gonna have to do another one soon yes for sure well merry christmas and happy holidays and yes merry here's christmas to a better 2021 better 2021 <laughs> merry christmas and merry you christmas. enjoy your holiday because i know that you're on vacation you better enjoy that sun <laughs> i plan on it and well, thank send you. lots of pictures okay i will all right you have a good one you too thank you bye bye